Welcome to Split Happens, the Divorce Down Under podcast where we talk about anything and everything family law related. Welcome to another episode of Split Happens, the Divorce Down Under podcast with me, Alex, and my fellow family lawyer, Liza. Liza, I thought we might today dust off one of the old books from my shelf, for a book that I've inherited down the track, and I think somebody else inherited it from somebody else. It goes back to 1990, so it's a bit of a, a trip down memory lane or a bit of a time travel through family law. And this is a Reader's Digest guide to the law, some Q&As. So sounds a, exciting. I know, the sort of thing that will keep you riveted and awake mm. at night, but... It, I just wanted to sort of maybe go through some of these Q&As through this book and just we could chat about, see how things have changed since then. I mean, that's 33 years ago now. Mm. And after, you know, by that time, that was closer to the Family Law Act having been introduced than we are from this book now. And there have been quite a few developments yep. since. So let's start with thinking about divorce. Right. So I might throw out a question to you. Yep. Throw at me your modern contextual answer, but it'll be interesting to see how the, f- the questions are framed a little bit differently. Okay, too. yep. Okay, so start you off with an easy one. What are the, the grounds for divorce? What are the grounds for divorce? You just need to be separated for 12 months and one day. Damn, that hasn't changed. Okay, well, yeah. that was a that was a bit of an anticlimax, wasn't oh, it? I know, I know. Oh, I, I like some of these have got little names in there as well, so it could be a bit of fun. So, mm. Ellen has decided to leave Wayne. But since he ha- she has no job, how will she support herself until the divorce is through? Only fans. <laughs> oh, sorry. That is that the definitely, correct That answer. definitely was not around in 1990. Maybe she's an influencer. Mm. What would a 1990s influencer be, I suppose? Um, uh, um, somebody gets themselves in the paper every Well, it would be in the, in the Girlfriend magazine and stuff like that. So you had all the people who used to write into Dolly Doctor and yeah, all those sorts all of things. Those, pages. All those pages. That's how you used to – people would get out there and people would be – they'd just be little models and stuff in all the magazines, weren't they? Uh, I suppose. But they the influencers? Yeah. But actually turning pages on print mm. on paper, yeah. Yep. But well, going back – Okay, poor, what was poor, the question again? Sorry, Poor, I poor old Ellen mm. – you know, things haven't worked out with her and Wayne, so she's decided to leave him. But she hasn't got a job. How will she support herself until the divorce is through? Well, she could apply for an interim property settlement, if that's an option to her. But you'd probably need to have some money to fight for that in the first place. You might have some legal aid that can assist you. Um, you might have some other means like Centrelink or other family and friends support but realistically it's going to have to be um, something along the lines of borrowing some funds somehow in order to um, make that application and get a spousal maintenance claim underway or those sorts of things. There's a there's a range of different options. A few more options that you've outlined there than d- uh, our beloved friends at the Reader's Digest effectively saying, well, you could go after Wayne for spousal maintenance. Mm. Um, and you don't have to wait for it until the end of divorce now, now as in 1990 now. But, yeah, mm. I, look, I think you're given much more in the way of options available about seeking interim property settlements might be a, a more sensible way if there's definitely going to be a payout at the end of that. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the language was quite interesting there. It's how will she support herself until the divorce yeah. goes through? I'm sort of thinking, well... 
the divorce. And then the divorce is given. Then yeah. what? Well, that's right. It's, it's interesting. World, that, it's interesting it? the way that they call it divorce. Mm. So it, as opposed to until the property settlement or you know. Do you know? I think that's still a thing. Uh, I, I had a, a fellow that I saw not so not so very long ago, who used the word divorce with separation and with property settlement all interchangeably. Mm. It all meant the same thing. And yeah. I think we as lawyers sometimes get a bit wrapped up with the language that we use on forms yeah, and, in, right. and in procedures, whereas. You know, an average person, or not an average person, a much more intelligent person than a mm. lawyer, somebody who chose something more interesting to do with their lives, they would maybe regard divorce as wrapping up all of the things connected with a separation. Yeah, it probably, it probably is. All right, here we go. My wife and I never went through any legal proceedings when we decided to separate. How much responsibility do I have for providing money, food and clothing for our three children? while my wife and I are separated. Mm, sounds like a child support question, that one. Mm. But it could be child support through the child support agency. It could They could be talking about child maintenance, which can be um, orders can be made for child maintenance, which is sometimes a bit different to the child support that we know. Um, what else was there in that question? I can't remember what you uh, said Well, it's, it's how much – I think it's um, – <coughs> How much responsibility do I have for providing money, food, and clothing for our three children? I think you've answered it. Really, yeah. It's, I don't. I don't it's think. Child support. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't think that you can actually just sit there and go, "Well, I have to pay thirty percent." It's usually mm. commensurate with how much time you have with them, but it's also not just that. It's also based on respective can, incomes. Yeah, that's right. And, so, and like, but nothing's really changed there. The, the mm. answer seems to be the responsibility to maintain, maintain children does not end just because the parents have decided to separate. Mm. So, well, inherently... You, Although, this is, is riddle me this, Batman, because when you turn 18, mm. now, a, a friend of mine has got going through this problem at the moment with child support. So, because there's that terminating event, um, when a child turns 18, yeah. or, you know, and they've finished school, they're 18, and then... But just say, like in in this day and age, lots of eighteen year olds who are no longer at school are living are still living at home. Mm-hmm. So where's that? Um, you know what? There can, can still there can still be an ongoing obligation for adult child maintenance if the, those um, adult children perhaps have special needs. But what if needs. they don't? What if they're just? Um, then, you know? then it's time to start wrapping their sandwiches with a map every morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's time we, to change the locks. You know, it, I um, it, it's, it's just interesting though because <laughs> I I see it and you know we say well they've got the responsibility, you know that that responsibility um, will continue f- to maintain and assist your children, mm. and and I sort of think okay well it kind of is a bit unfair for the parent who the child lives with when the child turns eighteen. I and, can, couldn't agree with and you more. Say they say they're at eighteen and. They're got a, they've got a bit of a part-time job and, and they're at uni, right? They're studying. So they're still living at home. Mm. And I'm thinking, well, where's the there's, – there's no real fairness there for you, the parent well, that you, has you that responsibility. Apply, in that situation, you could apply for adult child maintenance that yeah. if they're doing a, a course of tertiary study and mm. that's, that's got a number of you know, years to go perhaps, you may get up on, on an application for that. But – I mean, that costs a lot of money to That's do it. That's the thing. And, and it's yeah, like this is that grey area of, you know, I suppose, social rather than a legal responsibility. Yep. And some of the people, I guess, that we might encounter, never our clients, always the people on the other side, of course, yeah. 
they take a bit of a dilatory approach to their obligations to their kids as they get older. Yeah, it's like they turn 18, they go, oh, I'm done now. You're on your own. See ya. Cheerio. Whereas the parent that's still got them in their care effectively continues to look after them and pay for everything as though they were still a child. Yeah. But the child's Just without that financial support from the other party. That's that's right. Mm. Mm, Difficult one, that one. Okay. Nothing's really... In other words, it remains difficult. Yes. Okay. I have heard you have to go to counselling if you want a divorce. Is this true? No, only if you've been married for less than two years. Spot on. You, did you just read that over my shoulder? Nope, I can't see that far away. I'm blind as a bat. <laughs> That's right. And, and obviously this is written in old copper plate as well. <laughs> by hand on parchment. Can I force my husband to go to marriage counselling? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, marriage counselling, well, oh, look, it's a tricky one. Um, Through an order of the court, if that was the case, but I don't think it'd be marriage counselling. It'd be some other type of counselling. Well, you've written this book clearly and I'm going to write your name as the author because it says, the only way either spouse can be forced to undertake counselling is if the court makes an order requiring it. Mm. So, yeah, and of course, the types of counselling that I guess we're talking about that you can yeah. compel somebody to do. They're not to do with the maintenance of the matrimonial relationship. No, it's – but in a way you can't – like I have had cases, particularly in parenting cases, where parties need to try and co- learn to co-parent. Um, you might have some reintegration therapy and mm. and there might be some um, – those sorts of marriage counselling techniques. It's not so much to maintain the marriage, as you say, but it's more to teach them how to co-parent with one another change from that adult relationship to the co-parenting relationship. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very... And, that, and that's sometimes really helpful too, to actually do that. Look, it, and it doesn't really... Do, it does you no harm, you know. It's no. o- only going to maybe give you some tools. But, yeah, certainly the courts will order people to go and do, you know, parenting, post-separation type courses and you know, parenting skills courses, things yep. like that. But I think the, the original posed question there... I, unfortunately, we don't have a hypothetical lady, but we've got, mm. you know, or indeed, gentlemen. I think it should be June inside. and David. June and David. Can June make David go to marriage counselling? Yeah. No. <laughs> but what you could do is, is presumably to hide his slippers or something like that from the yeah. 1990s. Okay, let me go through, uh, give you, pick out another couple of these questions because mm. there, there's lots. Nellie's marriage is oh. not, wor- I know, poor Nellie. Oh, dear. It's not working out. Does it matter? Is Nellie a girl or a boy? Do we know? Or I think she's an elephant. Okay. Excellent. Yes, <laughs> identify as an elephant. <laughs> identify as an elephant, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, does do you know it, what? Sorry. Who's, who's going to pack their trunk and leave? That's got, no, no, it's not. <laughs> does it matter which matrimonial or marital partner moves out? Sorry, I'm just still lost with... Yeah, um, you're stuck I'm, with I mean, Nellie, I'm, a picture, I'm ma- imagining an elephant with a pair of like boxer shorts on for some stupid reason. What, what was the question? Nellie's marriage is not yeah. working out. Yeah. Does it matter which marital partner moves out? No. It makes no difference as far as the law is concerned. There you go. Look Des- at that. Desertion is no longer a ground for divorce. Mm. Mm. But it doesn't look good if you're leaving, you know, a family that has you're got... Run it, running you know, off and leaving the children behind and then yeah. later on you go, oh, I want the children to live with me. You go, oh, you kind of were. Yeah. No, if you um, and I, I'm not saying you got to stay, but if you 
if you leave and leave all responsibilities behind and all that sort of stuff, if you leave, you've still got responsibilities. Don't think that when you walk out that you don't have to, you know, help with the kids and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. and of course, you know, our, our lovely friends in the financial services industry, the banks, you know, mm. famously are compassionate to people who owe them money. Yeah. So um, your obligations to pay your mortgage and to pay your bills, you know, those are contractual obligations. Yep. And they will eventually maybe after a little period of grace so that they can tick a box somewhere, but eventually they will hunt you down like a dog. Mm. And you will and you'll have, have a really crappy credit rating. That's something, yeah. That's and something then you that won't be able to move on because you can't sell your property, you can't refinance. Yep. Fun, funnily enough, I often say to people, look, if you can see that the way things are going, you, your husband, your wife, you're not somehow going to be able to pay the mortgage or you've kind of almost decided not to, mm. Get in touch with the bank sooner rather than later. A lot of them do actually have, I, I know I joke about them, but a lot of them do have you know, yeah. teams that you can talk to that will help work through the process. Yeah, you apply for what's called a hardship payment. Yeah. and it, Or it, hardship. hardship, hardship to, it's like um, a relief. It's from, like a, yeah. yeah, you don't you have to pay it for, for three or six months or whatever it is. So. And, and the wonderful thing from a banking perspective, um, and, and I know that you have close family members who've been yeah. heavily involved in the industry, wonderful thing from a banking perspective, of course, that's the capitalisation of interest. It is the holy yep. grail. Mm-hmm. Um, of um, of the usurist, but if neither of you pay your interest bill, you're going down. True, true, mm. true. Unless you've agreed to suspend it, and then the interest yeah, gets capitalised, right. and then you pay interest upon interest upon interest, yep. and it's the joys of oh. being in banking. Anyway, yep. um, so doesn't matter. Nelly's marriage is not working out, but it doesn't matter who goes. It's nope. the property is still the property to be dealt with. The obligations continue. Now, here's one: mm. the changing. A changing gender now. George, actually, we don't know, do we? Because that's no. you know, we don't know. Do you know? I, I saw this thing. I'm going to steal it off something I saw on the internet. It says I was assigned female at birth. I identify as a woman, but according to the packet of Kraft mac and cheese, I am a family of four. <laughs> anyway, get back to George. Very good. So yeah, well. I, None of us you know, around this table are going to disagree with <laughs> our respective identifications. You know. yeah. uh, how many units of alcohol would that be a week? Uh, well, Doctor, um, one <laughs> to the power of. Um, right. George, meanwhile, sitting in the bottom of my book, feeling very yep. left out and miserable, he's fed up with his marriage. Should he close all the bank accounts and cancel his joint credit cards before seeking legal advice? Cancel his credit cards. That's, yeah, that's the question. I wouldn't cancel them. I'd rack them up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think what he needs to do is non-legal very, advice there, but very you know. w- very very wise investment on um, putting some money into his solicitor's trust account so he can get so. legal advice before he does anything preemptive. Yeah. But but I, I yeah if if you know if you're concerned that the money's not going to be there, take it first. It has has this for a, a 33 year old answer that says George should get legal advice. And perhaps counselling as well. So oh, of course, the person of course, who's written yeah. the question, you know, oh, he's fed up. But then they get angry with him for being fed up. Oh, but there you go. So uh, the answer is get some legal advice. Everybody's circumstances are different, but yeah. I'd, I'd still, I'd still clear it out first and I'd, just be done with it. And then I've got some money to pay my legal. I make lawyer. sure I had some some control over what those yeah, accounts same. were, though. So if you have significant. Um, borrowing capacity on a line of credit or something like that, or you have got savings tucked away in an account mm. that both of you can get to, 
you can you, the right thing would be you know the morally right thing to do would be to make sure that it requires both of your signatures yeah. and both of your authorities. But if, if you can't, and the nice thing to do, and when I say clear it out, like if you've got, say, say you've got 50000 sitting in a joint, like an offset account or something, um, do the right thing. Just take twenty five. Yeah. Go and put it in a personal account, protect it. Then it's that way you know that they're just not going to, if they get cranky and carry on and start behaving badly, then, yeah. you know, that's Stops on them. them. whipping away the whole oh, thing. That's but right. Yeah, ultimately, if you've been together for long enough, then you're you're going to be sharing out, maybe not exactly equal, but in some sort of proportionate shares mm. anyway. Yep. So jump in, mm. poor old George. We want a civilised divorce. Would it be a good idea for both of us to use the same lawyer? Well, probably would be a good idea, but we can't do that, unfortunately. No, that's exactly right. It, it is actually a good idea for some people. When people are really amicable, like the other day I had someone... And it trying to explain to them how you need to be independently represented. Um, it I don't think the message was getting through, but no, you know, I, I get that. I get it, that. Sometimes they just go, "Well, can't you explain to him what the <laughs> law is?" I said, "No, unfortunately, I, I he needs to get his own legal advice." And and here here comes the most laughable part is that when he goes and gets his legal advice, it's probably going to be different to mine. Yeah. So of course it's it's there's no win there. No, I mean with the, the legal framework might be the same, but it's how you then apply yep. that framework upon the a particular set of facts, isn't it? And yeah. two different lawyers will maybe interpret it differently because they've whether past experiences, whether their predilections, it's around about their interpretation. And then of course if you roll that further forward and things haven't gone very well, maybe you like George and you're very mm. unhappy with the world, mm. you might end up in front of a judge. And Judge A says, I'm going 60-40 to the wife. And Judge B says, I'm going 60-40 to George. Mm. Who knows? Then George wouldn't need his counselling because he'd be very happy. That's right. Uh, and maybe George's wife would need counselling. <laughs> but uh, Which could be ordered if it was to do <laughs> the children. Right. Oh, That's gosh, right. Here we go. Right. So nothing's changed has it since 1990. No. Right. Here we go. Oh, here's a nice one. Henry's wife. Now, I'm, I'm assuming this is not Henry VIII. This is not Henry <laughs> Tudor. Yeah. Because there's a there's a six to choose from. I was from going to case. say, yeah, which one? Yeah. Who would it be? But Catherine Parr. She was the only one that survived. Mm. Um, Henry's wife is threatening to leave him. Oh, that's a dangerous Ooh. idea. Don't Very threaten, just do it. Yeah. Get uh, out. And, and Run. Get, get to Europe. You know, if, if your name happens to be Anne or Catherine, you're in danger. Jesus. Right. Henry's wife is threatening to leave him and take all their possessions with her. Mm. Is there anything that he can do to protect his interests in their possessions? Should he get legal advice immediately or wait to see whether his wife carries out her threat? Well, oh, sorry, it's obviously Mr. H. Dormat has written <laughs> in with a question. So, um, Liza, over to you. Um, one thing you shouldn't do, don't whip up a nice dinner with mushrooms. <laughs> oh, topical. Very topical at the moment. But, um, yes, you can go and um, you can seek... Uh, the court's assistance through some what we call injunctive relief. So that's an order restraining him from doing a whole heap of certain things that are going to cause you loss or harm. Mm. So that's the most, in my opinion, the obvious answer to yep. that question. Um, so, so but read but at what the it same says. time, I don't know if fantastic furniture was around. <laughs> back then and it's probably going to be cheaper for you just, just to go and get yourself a furniture package get new. from from amart or fantastic furniture and um 
Looks the same. It'll and, be fine. And it'll be, fi- and, you know, it'll be right. It'll be fine. It said at the time, the 1990 answer to mm. that, that thorny question was, Henry should get legal advice as soon as possible and certainly before his wife carries out her threat. In one sense, the fact that she takes all their possessions does not mean that Henry would be unable to get anything back since a court would order, would, not, I'd say it was might, mm. order that the property be divided fairly regardless of who is in possession. He'd like to think, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stick with those fairly. dreams, kids. Yeah. Um, but if his wife were to sell some or all of the furniture, for example, it would be difficult to retrieve it. So Henry, Henry should ask a lawyer what steps he can take to prevent this. Now, interesting that you canvass the, you know, the, the Super A Mark Fantastic Furniture. Oh, it's a bit Clearly, when you're looking at the value of stuff inside a house, yeah. typically, you know, the an ordinary residential property, it's the value of what you can sell it for. Mm. You know, you might wheel this most enormous television out of, you know, hardly normal or the good guys or something like that. And it might be, you know, you pay five or ten grand or something for this marvellous piece of equipment, but it's worth about a tenth of that the moment you wheel it out of the store. Yep. It's what is it worth now? So Henry's Furniture, would I go off instructing solicitors and counsel to nope. make an application for injunction to stop Mrs. Doormat from taking the, you know, the chaise lingerie? I don't think I would. Nope. I don't think, I think that's a disproportionate sort of step. Yeah, really. there's, there's no way. It's to, It's just I, I think not my, cost my effective. modern day advice would be just to take photographs of everything and yeah. just and then you, document and what it is. That's right. I'd, I've Say, done that. And yep. put an email saying, please don't take our stuff away. You can even record them yeah. while they're taking it all. That's fine. Maybe have somebody present at the same time. Yeah. So there's no, like, you know, yeah. today, tonight, where they come yeah. in and snatch the camera off Don't you. Don't you oppress me. Yeah. All of that. Yeah, all that stuff. Okay. Fun, fun times. Oh, now, now here's the one. Here's the one. If my husband and I just live apart for seven years, will we be considered divorced according to common law? No. Damn. That's, yeah. Well, obviously the answer hasn't changed. So... Yeah, you're not you. You're still not divorced as such. So, oh, you th- had, th- a, you had a doozy, didn't you? Not so long ago, with somebody who'd been separated for more than two decades. Yes. And then the wife came. Yeah, after. and then they came after <sighs> because okay, he he only got divorced. I think it was like twenty five years or so oh. after they'd been separated, and they'd already divided everything up. But guess what? The court entertained that application and cost my client a bomb. And do you think we can get costs? No. Nah. It's just well, it's abhorrent, isn't it? She didn't win, but you know. No, but she didn't win because she didn't manage to last out the cases. No. <laughs> anyway, but anyway. We, we don't want to identify anything. But yeah, that's get your divorces done and get them mm. done soon. Unless I mean, if you if you have any particular cultural or religious reasons for not getting a divorce, I understand. Well, that. you could just get a f- property settlement, but yeah, just financial get, get order or an agreement. Order that, and yeah. then that's and then you. That's even better. Yep. Just get that's that right. done. And you don't need to worry about that. Two things aren't really conflated apart from the time limitation, which we've talked about before. Arben Legal is proud to sponsor Split Happens. You'll be in safe hands with Arben Legal. For all your family law needs, call us on 07-5562-0444 or visit our website at arbenlegal.com.au. Almost with the names, isn't it? Yeah. 
Betty's husband has applied for a divorce, but she can't afford her own lawyer. What should she do? Betty's husband has applied. Betty's husband has applied for a divorce, and she can't afford a lawyer. She doesn't need one. In terms of a divorce, divorce, she doesn't actually need a lawyer. No, it's all done through the Commonwealth Courts portal these days. Um, Bet they don't say this in there because there wasn't such a portal back then. We all had um, to file things in a registry. Paper. Taking paper and handing it over yeah, at the counter and with, with the a check. multiple copies, multiple yeah. copies, and waiting for the stamp copies to retur- be returned, and with a check for the filing fee. That's right. So, um, yeah. So now it's all done through the portal, and she doesn't actually need someone to act for her. Uh, and woe betide you if you don't have a credit card and you try and to pay pay filing fees because you know, you're yeah. sent out of the registry up to the post office to go and buy yourself a prepaid card instead. Yep. Yes. So you know. We're here to make your life easier, say the government. Okay. Does it make any difference who applies for the divorce? No. Absolutely. Uh, The way you looked at me then, I thought, oh, I've got (laughs) one wrong. I was just trying to see if you get it. You haven't got any of them wrong. That's that's because I wrote the book. It did. I'm going to write it in there as written by Liza. She jumped back into her her DeLorean. Some of my friends... um, uh, and former colleagues at the bar, well, they're still at the bar. I'm not anymore. But um, different type of bar these days. <laughs> the public bar. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we always joke, saying, you know, um, that I would one day write a, a family law book. You know how they always have, you know, it might be, and this one will be Freed World on property settlements. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. That, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Anyone who steals that. No, I'm joking. Let's see if anyone's going to take I, my name. I, I shan't write a book, Friedwald, on property settlements. No. I, I promise. No. Okay. I'm trying to get things that are... Uh, see if there's anything that's a little um, dated in its way. Here we go. Um, my husband had me sign an agreement before we married which stated I would only take $10,000 if we ever divorced. I found out later that he owns real estate valued at over $200,000 Will I have to settle for ten thousand dollars? No, this is written I'm in stuck on the, I'm still stuck on the fact that he's got real estate worth two hundred thousand dollars. Where? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> back into As, your DeLorean. Okay. Uh, back to nineteen uh, nineteen ninety in this case. Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy, isn't it? Um, so yes, you can apply to have that agreement set aside if if uh, if you don't want to just settle for the ten thousand dollars. Well, I suppose because it's always your prerogative to take the 10. You can if you want to. But, but you're not stuck with it. No. If he has failed to disclose at the time of entering into a financial agreement, um, which when you do these financial agreements, even the prenups, those ones at the start of the relationship or start of the marriage, yep. um, all of those you've got to declare and, disp- and disclose to the other party all of your assets and the values. And, and it's not just – so, for example, some people might just – they might disclose an asset, but they might seriously undervalue it, which, oh, even then, now that I say that out loud, values change. But still, mm. it might be that they've considered that value at the time and thinking that 10% out of two, uh, you know, over that overall pool of, say, say they only had, you know, um, that she had s- stuff that was worth about $20,000 and he had this property that he said was 200000 So, therefore, he thought that 10% was a fair representation um you know and but in fact it was actually say it might have only been worth fifty thousand dollars and that and so that she was actually 
technically entitled to more. You know, it might be the other way around. You just don't know. You don't. So at, at the time, though, mm. there were no financial agreements. They didn't exist as a thing. Oh, because they they came in later than 1990. Oh, I did not know that. There you go. So, I mean, the, the advice is is. What is the, the what's the answer the, then? The, the advice is a bit is a bit woolly. I'll read it mm. because it's not strictly correct. I don't think prenuptial agreements in ge- this is in 1990. Prenuptial yep. agreements in general are not binding, and this would especially be so Ooh. in this case where your husband did not reveal all his assets at the time the agreement was made. Yeah. So there's a tick there. This does not necessarily mean that you will get a larger property settlement. Mm. The court will divide the assets according to what it thinks fair at the time of yeah, the so divorce. Yeah, so that's the difference. That's what's big. That's the biggest change between then and now. Mm. So it's the use of the word fair because I think that in the current rules and all that, all the stuff, I actually don't think that there's any use of the word fair anyway. We talk. We're talking about just and equitable, mm. and um, the courts, even when they're trying to explain, we use the word fair because it's kind of the same thing. But they still don't even go to that that extent when they're explaining what just and equitable is all about, they still don't go so far as calling it fair. Yeah, and, and I, we, I know that we sometimes try to explain just and equitable as fair in a, in a daily language mm. terms, but it isn't. It doesn't quite no, mean No, it doesn't that. necessarily mean that it's fair. But this is this is interesting that the prenuptial agreements in general are not binding, but in fact some of them were yeah. when they were uh, carved out. I mean, in, in Queensland here, the Property Law Act you know, carried provisions that enabled you to draft... You know, separation agreements for different. Yeah, see, I remember. I remember the de facto. Oh, oh, prenup. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was so going to say, I remember the, I remember separation agreements. But it, it, it thinking, would be the same principle. Yeah. If, you, if you don't tell the truth about what you've got. Well, that's right. Then you can. I mean, that's just standard. I mean, it's really co- it's common law, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's law. right. If you misrepresent somebody and they then say, "I'm, yep. I'm not sticking to that contract," that's you right. lied. Yeah. And that's really misrepresentation not and deceit. The yeah. yeah, and now we have it on a statutory framework to overturn court orders or financial agreements mm. if the other person has not been properly truthful. I'm not talking about a few bucks down the back of the sofa, but something of significant value. Yeah, you might say, "Do you know what? I want to have another go at this." Yeah, it's not fair. Mm. And go and speak to your family lawyer about that. Speak to somebody who practices in the area. It's most important. Sort of analogous about you know this is all property settlement stuff. Now we're talking about. My wife has run up hefty charges on several store charge cards. Mm-hmm. Will I have to pay these debts if we get divorced? Yes. That is about the same advice as they deliver here, yeah. Yep. It depends, obviously, but yes, kind of... If it was done intentionally to defeat um, his claim... He definitely wrote this. The court will consider the wife's motives in making <laughs> these charges. <laughs> oh, gosh. Imagine the things that she could spend in a store card. You don't get store cards quite so much these days. But no, you get afterpay and just oh, credit cards yeah, and yeah. all those sorts of things. That's right. You, you get a lifetime of debt around mm. your neck for a very yep. short-term retail. I don't like that afterpay stuff. No, it's it's no, it's fine. I'm no good with credit cards anyway. Financial just ask my husband. He won't let me have one, and that's <laughs> with, with good reason. Uh, you just have them for very limited limited reasons. It's a bit like, you know, just in case I ever need to file anything yeah. in court. That's what uh, the firm credit card's for. <laughs> that's what the fir- <laughs> Here we go. My husband and I have only been married for a short time and the house originally belonged to him. Can I receive any money from the sale of the house if we divorce? Yes, you still can. 
Um, it will depend, though, on the contributions and it will depend how short the relationship is. Yeah, that's the thing. So that's the... That's, that's what they're driving know, at here. It depends how long, who's yep. chipped in what. Yep. So I think the principles are still the same. What I'm getting from a lot of this is that, and what people will probably start to realise is that underlying principles behind family law is very much the same. Yeah. I mean, the and Family Law, law Act came in on the 1st of January 1976. Yeah. And fundamentally, those principles have been the same for that period of time. This is a really interesting book for us. I mean, we're reading this and looking at this in 2023. And it's yeah. 33 years ago that these answers were composed. And then they're not... Generally speaking, they're, they're, no. they're kind of right. I think a lot of the a lot of the differences are in all the procedures, the way oh, that we have to go sure. about doing things. You I know, mean, and that's the that's the crappy part. Well, as as we all know, the uh, federal circuit courts, as was the federal magistrates mm. court, as was non-existent. Mm. But the federal circuit court amalgamated with the family court in September 2021 to create the easily off the tongue federal circuit and family court of Australia, <laughs> Division One and Division Two. And they introduced a gamut of new rules, regulations, practice directions and forms. Yeah. Um, all under the auspices of making it easier and simpler and faster. And it's f- no way, nowhere <laughs> near cheaper. It is so expensive. It's I'm just, I'm so tired of drafting all these forms. And they all say the same thing. It and is. There's a lot of rep, uh, a lot is, of repetition in, in the documentation these days. It's so getting ridiculous. The regulations. I mean, I'm sure the the poor lawyers that were writing this out in 1990 were getting frustrated about the increase of regulations, and, and we even more so now. And yeah, they had it easy. Roll it forward, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, well, 33 years from now. Mm. Um, well, you'll be propping up a bar somewhere, perhaps, and um, and they'll listen to this podcast, and they're going to say. <laughs> How has it evolved since then? Not at all. <laughs> so what were those idiots burbling on about back then? So, all right, let me see if I can find uh, anything. So, oh, here's one. My husband and I, I think childless couple here. Yeah. Uh, and I mean nothing pejorative by that mm. because some mornings you're waking up going, oh, I wish. Mm. But uh, I don't mean that really, boys. I love you all each tenderly. My husband and I, each want to keep our prize cocker spaniel after the divorce. How will the court decide? Well, poor little cocker spaniel. It needs, a, needs a name, really, doesn't it? Yeah, Fido. I don't oh. know. I don't. I don't never know. I what about from the Harry books? Um, it's called Tricky Woo. Let's call it Tricky Woo. Okay, Tricky Woo. Okay, poor little Tricky Woo. As much as we all think that Tricky Woo is part of the family, um, Tricky Woo is just an item of property. <gasps> Yeah. How can you say such a thing? I know. He's it's looking at you shocking. with his big brown 33 year old spaniel's eyes. <laughs> yeah, how old would that be in dog years? That's pretty old. Uh, that would be a record. L- there'd be a record, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, figured. Yeah. So, yeah, Tricky Woo, unfortunately, people out there is what would that property. Be? 231 years of age. Yeah, it'd be pretty old. And of course, he's already pre existing, so, you know, he That's could, right. be, could be a bit older than that. Yeah. Yep. We'll call this dog Methuselah then. So, oh, I'm not going to try and pronounce that. <laughs> um, okay. I'll, I'll stick with Tricky Woo. Anyway, Tricky old dude from the Old Testament, I believe. Yeah, and I say that as a mm. not what you would call a follower of that yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, Tricky Woo is property. Yeah. So things like who fed it, who mm. bought it, who paid the registration, whose name is it registered in, all that sort of stuff. Just take it down to the pound and leave it there. Oh, 
No, don't. I've just, I've just heard, I've just heard clicks of people going, no, no, no. I'm joking. I've got a dog. I, I adore dogs. Just don't ask me about cats. I'll see if I've had, I've had cats too. I've had, yeah. I like cats. I've had lots of cats in my past because I, I used to. And eat curry in lots of dodgy restaurants in the UK, and who knows what. What well, and just go home and be yeah. like that crazy, like a crazy cat person. No, 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 no. I mean, sort of finding the collars inside the Baltic. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> and I'm sure that never happened. Oh dear! All right, there was squirrel. Right, so <laughs> here we go. My wife signed a written agreement to move out of our house. Good. When she left, <laughs> she took with her various items of property that we agreed were mine. Can I have them returned to me? Uh, see above. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It's the one, it's, you know. I, I sense these questions what are they are. all the same questions, yeah. aren't they? Um, yeah, look. Oh, do you want it back? How, how, how sentimental is it? You know, just adjust it. On the in your um, side of the property pool just, table, yeah. just give it a monetary out value. Say how much it costs. You know what's the value of it? It's a poster Put it of on. yourself. Or you say pe- you've already taken that. You can have it on your side. It's a nude photograph of yourself from when you were eighteen, posed in a in a photographer's studio, and yeah, it's well, probably priceless. Well, it probably is because back in nineteen ninety. Um, they probably didn't have anything like Insta or Facebook or anything. Or what do you mean they probably didn't? Oh, well, they didn't. Yes, they definitely didn't. <laughs> no, but they didn't have anything where you could prob- where you could store it, um, so that there'd be other copies, perhaps. And la- apart from the little the film, microfiche. Yeah, yeah. I, I do, you don't remember doing your research on yeah, microfiche? I do. I, I do. But I'm talking about like film and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Take a photograph. Yeah. Keep it on film. You mean the negatives? That's the one. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, we've moved on so quickly, haven't we? Oh, no. I mean, 1990, this is the 2033. I, I still love the dark room, though. I used to love that. I used to love developing photos. I did that in art. But that's a you used to enjoy sort of hanging around in darkened rooms with strange chemicals. Is that yep. what we're saying? Okay. Yes. All right, good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is oh. why I'm now at the public bar. Exactly so. All right, let's go on to something which is described in this book as child custody. Oh, which I don't even recognise that term these days. I do. Well, I do. I, I do. But it's I not do, called that anymore, is no, it? No, it's not. It's called. It, I think it's um, better child it's custody. Live with. It's or spend time, time and with. communicate with. Yeah, that's right. I mean, really, God. If, you, if you get a committee mm. of people together in any kind of parliamentary or, or governmental organisation, they will make things more complicated. And they need to be. I'm going to. Ask I still, you. I still get stuck on because there was because it was what was it? It was custody and access, and then residence and contact, and then we've moved to live with and all that other. Oh, there was probably something in between residence and live with. Was it? Um, I can't remember. It might have been, but we've yeah. we've just. But do you know? We've so, just changed so the words just for this for it's the, the same it. thing. It's yeah. the same thing. It's just a semantical change, yeah. isn't it? But there we go. All right, I'm, ju- I'm just going to ask a few questions about this and then, you know, th- we might leave the 1990s for it. We might come back to this another day. There are stacks and stacks of yeah. questions still unasked. Robert and Mary. Mm. I, lo- I, I think I know Robert and Mary. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. They, they tried to stay together because of their children, but oh. divorce now seems inevitable. Oh, dear. They are concerned about their children's welfare. If they agree on custody and maintenance, will their wishes be followed? Who makes the final decision? 
This is the 1990 answer and okay. versus the well, modern answer. Okay, the modern answer modern is, 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 of course, contextually. Yeah, so now, say, for example, Robert and Mary file a consent order mm -hmm. in the Federal Circuit and Family Court of Australia. Division. Division 2. And we and um, for a parenting order, asking the court to make a parenting order and a registrar will look at that. And they will consider whether or not the registrar thinks that it is in the best interest of the children or child. I can't remember how many in the question, but anyway. Uh, it's children. We, children. Don't, we don't know their names. Robert mm. and Mary, so we can kind of come up with some names if you like. Uh, it's probably going to be like Peter, Sue and Paul. We'll call them Peter, Sue and Paul. Yeah, it's kind of of the era. They're kind of yeah. like, oh, maybe it's a, that's a bit, that's 1990, a bit 80s. yeah, yeah so 90s. I think 1990. Or there's probably a Tiffany. Uh, I, I want I there to be a Tiffany. I, I was going to throw in like a Jason and a Kylie purely because yes. of you know, that sort of era. Yeah, okay, well, let's just call two kids Jason and Kylie. Lovely job. So um, application for consent orders um, is being filed. Now, ordinarily, the court should, if parties, if you've got two consenting adults who both know their kids, know their family life, the court should make those consent orders. But unfortunately, sometimes, and in a lot of cases, the court doesn't because the court thinks that they know best when it comes to what is in the best interests of <laughs> other people's children. Yeah. Because, and that's when sometimes you might get a requisition from the court when you filed a consent order and the court says, well, you'll need to you know, convince me how this is actually in the best interest. You might have um, the kids not being able to spend as much time with one of the parents because one of the parents is a fly-in, fly-out worker or and living interstate. Um, so it's most of the time. So there are things that happen um, which are – and it might still be in the kids' best interest for that to be that way. Or you might have a parent who's just like, you know, one of those – part-time parents who like to uh, – but, but mum is okay with it. Dad's fine with it. Mum's okay with it. Yep. Kids are okay with it. And know? it's fine for that family. And I guess it's fine for that family. But unfortunately – Every family is different, isn't it? We yeah. see that all the time. And I, My bet is that back in 1990, I don't think that there were too many people um, saying no. I think they were probably just approving and giving them a bit more freedom. Um, well, what, what it says here – in answer to Robert and Mary's dilemma, mm. is the parents make the final decision. Mm. However... doesn't happen like that now. It is preferable for a court order to confirm the agreement. Usually, the court takes the view that people best able to decide what should happen to the children in the event of the divorce are parents. Mm. So the court will follow the wishes of the parents if such wishes are reasonable. If such wishes are reasonable. Yeah, well, there you go. There's the catch. Yeah. If such wishes are reasonable, which means if the court considers, like in today's language, if the court considers that those that arrangement is in the best interest of the children, bearing in mind that they probably don't know anything about your family or your children. Fair enough. Mm. I've got, uh, we might make this one of the, the last question yep. of, of this session. We can come back to this. This is a fun book. Mm. Uh, fun in you know for for a lawyer des desperately dull for most people, but I think what we're showing is things haven't fundamentally changed. Some of the processes and procedures yeah. and the words have changed, but there's not too much new under the sun about this sort no. of this sort of resolution. All right, we're going to go to a couple called Jane and Tom. Ooh. We'll get to Jane. Oh my goodness, Jane and Tom are in the process of a divorce, and Jane has temporary custody of the children. If Jane lives with another man, <gasps> uh -oh. will the court deny her custody? 
No. Oh, it's 1990. Don't care. Today, <laughs> today, probably not. Um, and depending on who that, you know, as long as that other man's not a child molester or a murderer or someone like that, then, you know, it, it, that other person um, who is living in the same house as Jane and the children will be, um, you'll need to identify who they are because on the forms when you, if you file an application for a consent order, um, is that the court wants wants to know who else is living in yeah, the home. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, there's a safety risk there. You can't be, you know, <coughs> living with randoms who, you know, no, have a... Look, this, this pops up a little bit more possibly now than it used to with the advent of things like Airbnb and... Yeah. People renting, renting out, rooms out a room, to just yep. to, which I, I get from a financial point of view, yep. but you can't necessarily have conducted all of the checks that you might really want to do yeah. before letting a perfect stranger into your home. I mean, I had a I had a um, a mediation once, and um, the husband got the shits. I'm oh, sorry, was annoyed um, because um, the wife was renting out her spare room with the kids living in the home and the allegation was that she was renting it out but also um, renting herself out in that <laughs> spare room and that there would be random <laughs> truckers coming through at different times of the night and oh, she would... Oh, my days. She would, <laughs> she would provide Everybody's those... Everybody's got to make a living. Yeah, she's, she's providing those additional services in addition to... So, you know, the wife comes with the bed type scenario gosh you could have just left breakfast cereal out for the morning <laughs> instead or something <laughs> yeah so Cuts on anyway the bills, I yeah but it, it is important to know who else is in the home well look, I, I i don't think anything's changed i'm going to read you what it says as the right. answer to tom and jane's dilemma about jane's questionable mm. post relationship morality oh dear the fact that jane lives with another man will not of itself be enough for her to be denied custody the court is unlikely to adopt a moral stance that the children would be harmed by living with the mother and a man to whom she was not married. But in considering custody, the court will look at that man's relationship with the children, whether it is a good one, whether the children like and respect him, and other relevant details of their home life. If the man does not have a good relationship with the children, this might affect the outcome of any custody proceedings. What they don't talk about in that at all which is, I, I think, a different slant perhaps now, is th there maybe should be some consideration to Tom having the children live with him. Mm. Not from a pejorative yep. view about, you know, Jane, of course everybody moves on in their lives. You find, yeah. Yeah, have new relationships, do what you do. But there wasn't even any consideration no. in the answer about, hey, maybe there's an outcome that involves living in both places. Mm. Or just, no, you have custody and, on you, and you have it, she has it and you don't. But... All right, I, I think I will I'll call it a day on that one because I, the next heading I can see in the book is parental kidnapping and we just don't have enough oh time. Oh, dear. No, we, we will save um, our kidnapping and we'll save our pirate things for another episode of this. But, look, I hope that anybody who's listened, if you've got any questions, obviously email them to us and yeah. drop us a note. Fascinated to know if you're listening and what things you like and what you don't. The... Um, the podcast will pick up on this 1990s book again in the future. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. You'll see that not too much has changed. If you're going through a spot of bother with family law through a separation, then um, give us a shout or shout out to your local family law solicitor and get some advice sooner. is always better than later. Thanks for listening. 
Thanks for listening to Split Happens, the Divorce Down Under podcast. If you want to hear more of our episodes, you'll find us wherever you find your podcasts on all good ones.